0: Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gamers 360 Network. Americans of all stripes are standing up against vaccine mandates. We're hitting a tipping point when it comes to Americans of all political backgrounds standing up for freedom, and it's a glorious thing to see. And yes, Kyrie Irving, Brooklyn Nets basketball player, is an American hero for standing up to these authoritarian, draconian vaccine mandates. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. Hello, Problematics. Happy, happy Friday. I am broadcasting to you from New York City. If you follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you will see that I have been in New York City this whole week. So I am at ground zero of the idiotic vaccine mandates that are happening here. So if you are not um, familiar... With the vaccine mandates that are going on right now in New York City. Basically, if you want to go to a bar, if you want to go to a restaurant, if you want to go to a Broadway show, basically, if you want to do anything fun in New York City, you have to show your vaccination card. So it is a vaccine mandate. So this is what we're dealing with here in New York City. Now, there is one brave soul that has decided to Take a very public stand against these vaccine mandates, and that is Brooklyn Nets basketball player Kyrie Irving. So, look, you know, the pressure that has been put on um, very high-profile people to... Fall in line and just get the vaccine. Um, it is unreal and it's not right. And you know, you guys know how I feel about this because I've spoken of this before. The pressure that they are putting, particularly on African American high profile individuals to take this vaccine, um, it is wrong. And, and Kyrie Irving really stood up to it. And, and look, The reason why I titled this podcast Kyrie Irving is an American Hero, the reason why I did that, I do not know what this man's politics are. And you guys know how I feel about this. The majority, I think, of of African Americans that are standing up for freedom nowadays, I do not believe that these people are Republican. I do not believe that they are conservatives. I don't um, think that that is what's happening. What I think is happening is that a lot of people are seeing how bad all of this stuff is and I think he's a hero because he's actually giving up something like he is actually sacrificing something and that is why I call him a hero for standing up for freedom in this way and I, I don't think that normal people like you and I you know that don't have millions and millions of dollars and don't have all of this tremendous pressure coming from every Corner of the establishment to think a certain way or to do a certain way. So, so as normal people, we do not have that. These celebrities do, particularly these African American celebrities. They really do. They really do get this pressure from every corner to think a certain way, to to be on the, the whether it's the BLM train, to be on the Biden train, um, and now it's to be on the vaccine mandate train. So, this is the pressure that the left puts on very prominent African-Americans and it really does take a lot to stand up against that and it also takes a lot to lose millions and millions of dollars which is exactly what he is doing right now like he stands to lose millions from basically taking his stance on this so the way that the Brooklyn Nets have responded to him is basically to just ban him from the season So they're going to say, and this man is four years into what I believe is a $100 million contract. So the New York Nets, or excuse me, the Brooklyn Nets, have banned him from the entire season. This is what they're doing. Because, you know, look, the Brooklyn Nets, and when I talk about how silly these vaccine mandates are, I do not even, I'm not even mad at the Brooklyn Nets. I'm not mad at the Broadway theaters. I'm not mad at the restaurants. I'm not mad at the bars. What you have to understand is that these people are at the mercy of Bill de Blasio, who is an absolutely awful mayor. He has failed this city in every single way. And now that he is basically a lame duck, and, and you know, I could do a whole episode on how Bill O'Reilly, or excuse me, <laughs> Bill O'Reilly, um, how Bill de Blasio has destroyed this city. You know, he and his grifter wife lost $700 million from their mental health initiative. Look this up Thrive NYC. Missing literally 700 millions dollars. It's it's crazy. But he's been a complete failure. And so these vaccine mandates are all about him establishing some kind of control and, and him basically saying, yes, I'm doing something New York. I'm keeping New Yorkers safe. And I think that even, like I said, left or right in the city. Now, you have the COVID cult members who are going to be in the cult forever. And they're never going to leave the cult, okay? They're going to walk around with their masks on. They're going to be, you know, these are the people that have the Fauci candles and and they have the stupid tattoos with the the band-aid to signify that they got the jab, all of that stuff. So the COVID cult members, you know, they're in a cult. And they're never going to get out of this cult. But the vast majority of normal people, I believe, just think that it's silly. I heard um, people, you know, talking sort of like in the background, you know, I, I think I was outside having dinner. Um, They don't require the the vax card and all that stuff if you eat outside. So I was outside having dinner. And I heard people saying, well, you know, this is silly. If we're vaccinated, why do we have to have masks on inside? Why is there this mandate? It's just really silly. So this is the bind that failed leadership has put organizations like the Brooklyn Nets in. And so Kyrie Irving is standing up against this. He's saying, I know the consequences of my decisions. I know exactly what is going on here. And he actually did an Instagram live, which I thought was very fascinating. And I want you to listen to, you know, everything he had to say about this. And this is from the horse's
1: mouth. You know, I had to stop running away from using my voice and using my platform to, uh, you know, speak on what's true and what's mine. You know, nobody's going to hijack my voice. Nobody's going to take. The power away from me that I have for speaking on these things, you know, and don't believe that I'm retiring. Don't believe that, <laughs> you know, I'm going to give up this game, uh, for a vaccine mandate or staying unvaccinated. Don't believe any of that shit, man. Like, like really be aware of what's being said, uh, before I even get a chance to be on the podium and speak for myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, all these people saying all these things about what's going on with me, and it's just not true. Pay attention to what's going on out in the real world. You know, people are losing their jobs to these mandates. Uh, people are having to make choices with their own lives, which I respect. You know, and, and I don't want to, um, sit here and, and play on people's emotions either. Just use logic. You know, what would you do? You know, if, if you felt uncomfortable going into the season, uh, when you were promised that you would have exemptions, or that you didn't have to be forced to get the vaccine. You know, this wasn't an issue uh, before the season started. This this wasn't something that I foresaw coming where I prepared for it. And, uh, you know, I had a, a chance to strateg- strategize on what was gonna be best for me and my family. I came into the season uh, thinking that I was just gonna be able to play ball. And so, you know, what he's saying actually makes
0: sense. If you are not a card carrying member of the COVID cult, if you're not a maniac, these things make sense. But, you know, obviously the mainstream media minions, and and I'm gonna say this because this is when I bring race into it, whenever there is a black celebrity that does not toe the leftist line on whatever the issue is, whether it's supporting Donald Trump, uh, whether it's BLM, whether it's any of this other stuff, they send the same mainstream media minions and lackeys out against them. Now, obviously, over on ESPN, Stephen A. Smith had to speak out about this. You know, oh, he's stupid for not taking the vax. all this stuff, and obviously, you know the the mainstream media's favorite one of their favorite black minions to use to attack other black people who are not leftists, um, Don Lemon. So of course he and you know sec, um, you know sexual harassment accused Andrew Cuomo, or excuse me, not Andrew Cuomo, Chris Cuomo. This is what they had to say about this um, on on CNN. You're not going to do something that science tells you to do to keep yourself and others safe in your community, yeah. out of some perverse sense of freedom, just because you don't have to. You do have the freedom, not to. So then, don't do it. But then you cannot expect to do what everyone else does. You have the freedom, and that's what they're telling him. You got the freedom. We're not going to cancel you. We're not going to fire you, but you're going to be benched. Well, he's going to lose I mean, a lot of money. Okay, fine. But that's what. Those are the consequences. Down limit is such a tool. He is such a tool of the mainstream media and the Democrat and the leftist establishment. And, you know, he used to be interesting in 2013 when he was uh, he was very. you know, people don't remember this. He was very unpopular in 2013 because he said some of the same things that black conservatives say right now, because I, I think that at a certain point he was a conservative. But now, you know, he's just a minion. He's just a tool of, of the left and, and of the Democrats and all that stuff. And it's actually really sad um, that he is used in this way to attack black people. And this idea that, well, you know, if you don't want to do it, then you can't do what everybody else does. It's ridiculous. We are talking about people's personal, private medical decisions as to what they want to do with their own bodies. And... The conversation is so cavalier. It, it, it's ridiculous. And I do believe that, like I said, Kyrie is a hero because he is standing up to this. He is putting millions of dollars on the line. And granted, I know, guys, I know that he is worth millions already. I know that he's not you know, going to be hurting all that much. But it's the principle of it um, that I really, really do respect. So, look, this man is giving up millions of dollars to take a stand against these vaccine mandates. These vaccine mandates are wrong. And if you see, you know, my uh, my friend Jesse Kelly over there on the 1st, you know, he's got a podcast, and he's got a show on the 1st, he calls it the system, you know, capital T, capital S. And the system is coming up against Kyrie. The system, just like it came up against Nicki Minaj, just like it came up against Kanye West when he um, decided to to support Donald Trump. And the the system, in Jesse Kelly's words, is getting afraid. Because people are standing up to this stuff. And I feel like they are testing things right now. I feel like something is being tested right now. They are testing, okay, can we get people to do this? Can we put this overwhelming amount of pressure on people to do things with their bodies? And if we can get them to do this and we don't get any pushback and we get our, you know, the, the regular, you know, minions that we have in, in the entertainment media to crush any kind of dissent, then we can get these people to do anything. And I think Kyrie is a hero because he is standing up to this, and he is letting the powers that be know know that he cannot be controlled. And there are so many people that are behind him, and there are so many people that he is speaking for right now. And I, for one, am glad that we are having the conversation. So that is why I believe Kyrie Irving is an American hero. Speaking of sports, Raiders coach John Gruden is out after racist and homophobic emails have surfaced from 10 years ago. And, of course, conservatives are getting
1: it all wrong, as usual. I'll break it down up next.
0: That was a very sports-heavy episode, I realize it, but there's just so much that is going on in the sports world that has to do with So many things that we talk about when it comes to um, cancel culture, when it comes to the culture wars that we're fighting right now. So I brought up John Gruden, former Raiders coach, by the way, because he has resigned. He has resigned. After, and this is from the Post, an explosive report Monday night in the New York York Times that revealed that he used homophobic and misogynistic language in emails over a seven-year period ending in 2018. Now, not only were the emails homophobic and misogynistic, um, there were some pretty racist emails as well. And I'm going to tell you exactly what he said. So, and then I'll get into, you know, the, the homophobia stuff after that. And so basically, this is what he said. He, he basically said this is what he said. So he was referring to NFLPA head Demoris uh, Smith Demoris Smith. I'm using a racial stereotype. This is what he said quote Dumboris Smith has lips the size of Michelin tires. And you know this is what came out in the email. This is obviously people were in a big uproar. And look, I'm gonna have to be honest with you, problematics. Like that's not cool. Okay, I have been on the receiving end of racist language when people talk about you know black people's lips. And if you look into the if you get into the imagery from like the Sambo imagery and all of that other stuff, you know from the 40s and 50s and all of that stuff, like there is a real sort of racist history um, behind that rhetoric and behind sort of like how black men you know were were characterized a- at a certain point and that's where that stuff comes from. So that's not cool. All right. So let's get into the, and and it is racist. And, And as a matter of fact, not only is it just racist, it is so cartoonishly, outrageously racist that you almost have to laugh about it. So I was on the Gutfeld Show um, a couple nights ago. And so this topic had came up, and I thought it would be a good topic to do on the podcast because I can go a little bit more in depth about what my thoughts really are about this. And so I was on there with uh, this guy, Tyrus. Tyrus is, is a black guy. I believe he's biracial. He's a black guy, a big big black guy. He used to do, um, he, I guess he's a wrestler. And so we were having this conversation on the Gutfill panel. And we agreed in, in the, the, the point that it was so outrageously racist that you almost, like, you're just taken aback. And when I read stuff like that, it's so outrageously racist, like you have to chuckle, you're just like, "Oh my God, like this is crazy and the craziest thing to me is that you would say that via email that you would send these things via you know via via email it, it's crazy to me and so as far as the homophobic stuff, so this is what he said um and this was in reference to you remember the uh one of the first openly gay um Football players, Michael Sam, and this was back in 2014. And mind you, these you know t- these emails and stuff came from th- this stuff is from a decade ago, right? And so th- this is what he said, and like I said, and I'm laughing about this stuff because it's just like so crazy, it's so outrageous. And so um, he <laughs> Groom's homophobic language this is from the Post again, included calling NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell a uh, faggot, who should not have pressured then Rams coach Jeff Fisher into drafting quote queers according to the report, right? And so this is where we are. So this is this is racism, this is homophobia, this is all of this stuff. So look, of, of course there was the uproar. Like we, look, we've seen this story before, all right? We've seen this story before. You know, some multimillionaire millionaire white dude says something racist or, or homophobic or both, <laughs> which is the situation that we're in right now. You know, the woke left and the Twitter mob or whatever, there's all this outrage because of it. And then this person is either pushed out or resigned. So this guy resigned, and he said he doesn't want to be a distraction. And, you know, he was, you know, obviously he was, like, in in the middle of some huge, like, multi-tens-of-millions-of-dollar contract, right, to to be the head coach of the Raiders. And so I'm going to give you my take on this. And then, but at first I want to tell you, this is what conservatives get wrong. And when this happened, there were so many different conservatives. It's like you know conservative group think it's almost like the same thing it's like when this stuff happens you know exactly what conservative media personalities and quote-unquote thought leaders are going to say and they did not disappoint they all said the same stuff Um, That he's being targeted because he's a white male and people don't like, you know, conservative Christian white males that speak out. Oh, it wasn't so bad. And, you know, oh, everybody has a has a past and everybody has said stupid stuff. And like, look, I get that. I get that. I get that. Everybody said something stupid. People have said something stupid. You know, the majority of people um, are not sending professional emails with racist and homophobic language, right? And so this is what I hate about the the conservative hot takes on it. And like, guys, these are they're all they're all the same the same things. Like everybody, they they all say the same things. Everybody is so afraid to just really say anything that is not of the orthodoxy, right? And they can say what they want to say because they're coming from this. And a lot of these people have never been the target of any of this stuff, so they don't really know how that feels, right? So, so they don't know how it feels. Um. To to be a black man and and somebody to tell you that I mean somebody told me like like I have like inward lips before like literally this is what I like I you know this stuff happened to me in the military like so these things happen to people right it's crazy but it happens and a lot of people don't really know what it's like to be on the other end of that stuff right and so this is what I say to them. The response from these conservative media personalities and all these people, this is why there is such a fundamental distrust of the Republican Party and the conservative movement in general by African-Americans. Because you are so ready and so quick to be caping for something that is obviously wrong. This stuff is obviously wrong, and anybody can see that. And of course, they acknowledge that it's wrong, but they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's wrong, but cancel culture. And they're attacking another white male because he's white, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so that is the thing that really annoys me about the conservative response to this stuff. And so this is my take, Problematics. This is what I think. And I have this. Every time this happens, I have the same take. I have the same take about this when this stuff happens. And my take is this. We need to stop just throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And we need to stop ending people's livelihoods because they said or did something stupid and idiotic six, seven, 10, 12 years ago. And I've been very consistent with this. And every time this happens, when I say something, I say, this was wrong, full stop. This is wrong, this is racist, this is hurtful. And you have to understand why people are hurt by these things, particularly people that are very public-facing, front-facing figures of these mainstream organizations. Like, first of all, you have to acknowledge why people feel a certain way about these things. Because if you don't lead with acknowledging that, then people are just like, oh, you really you really don't give an F about me. Like, you really do not care. So you have to lead with that. And second of all, you have to go with what is the answer here? What is the answer? Is there any reconciliation that can happen here? Is there a teachable lesson? Is there a teachable moment that happens here? And this is what I think. And like I said, problematics, I have been consistent on this every time something like this happens, that we always miss the teachable moments. So this was a moment where we could have said, okay, Gruden, this is messed up. You said this, you own up to it, this is messed up. First of all, apologize. Second of all, you know, talk about it. Literally get some, and I'm serious, like get some training, go. Meet with the NAACP, get some sensitivity training. Literally talk to black people. And let them tell you why this stuff is so hurtful. Talk to some gay people. And like literally sit down with them and be like, have a conversation like, yeah, bro, like this is hurtful. And maybe you didn't realize the connection to when you're talking about people's lips, black, black men's lips. And maybe you didn't realize that, you know, calling people queers and whatever, like maybe that's not hurtful. So let's talk about it. Let's do it. And let's find some way to move forward. And what happens here? is that there's never a moment like this. There's never a teachable moment like this. Maybe um, the Morgan Wallen guy, the, the country singer, who got in his own inward scandal or whatever, and they, they banned him, and now they're like trying to you know, work it out or whatever. And what happens when there's not a teachable moment? Because if Gruden is is a, is a real racist, and I do not know if this man is racist or not, he certainly said racist things. I don't know if he's a homophobe or not. He has certainly said homophobic things. But if he truly is a racist and he truly is a homophobe, he learns absolutely nothing from this situation. But those queers and those super sensitive black people screwed me out of a job. And that is the only thing that you get from this situation when people get fired like this. So is it cancel culture? Yes. Do I think that the vast majority of conservatives who Just want to rush to excuse this stuff and to rush to have the same take on things because, you know, the the most annoying thing about this, this whole thing, is that there's like this quote unquote conservative take on it. So I know what the left is going to say. So if I'm a conservative, then this is what I have to believe. And this is what I have to say if I have a platform because I don't want to piss off the base or I don't want to make people like that's ridiculous. That's BS. That's not real. I don't like it. So I didn't like the vast majority of conservatives' response to it, just like I do not like the fact um, that the guy was, was fired. I thought that, once again, we missed a teachable moment. But that's what, you know, look, guys, that's what cancel culture does. I do not believe in it, because I do believe that eventually it comes for everybody, no matter what the woke mob in the cancel culture mob is a hungry beast that will never be satiated it will never be fed and it eventually comes for everybody just like it came for john gruden next superman is gay now but did anyone on earth ask for this i certainly didn't and i'm gonna give you my take on this after the break So, yes, woke culture strikes again, and this week it is the news that Superman is gay now. Okay, well, not exactly Superman, okay? So, I'm not a big comic book nerd, but this is what's happening now. So, the son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane, um, John Kent, is now going to be the first gay Superman, or, or, excuse me, he's bisexual now. Um, This is problematic. I, (laughs) I think that bisexuality is BS. I don't believe in it. I, everybody, like, look, it's 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 BS. But anyway, so so the new Superman is gay now, he, or he is bisexual. He has um, an Asian boyfriend now. You know, how woke. And, and so that is the biggest thing that's going on in the comic book community. I, again, how do I feel about this? First of all, I think it's silly. It's something that I did not ask for as a gay man. But I, I'm going to go a little bit further because you guys have probably heard a lot of hot takes from conservatives about this issue. And I'm going to go a little bit further. Okay, so I'm a gay man. You guys all know that I'm gay. I do not make um, a secret of this. It's not something that I'm ashamed of. Um, It's not something that I'm proud of. It literally is something that just is. And it does not define my entire existence. In fact, I got got in a little trouble on Instagram earlier this week. I have a dear friend that is very pregnant and we had lunch together. And I said, her name is Ashley. And I said, Ashley you know, would be the funniest thing in the world. Um, I'm gonna take a picture with you and I'm gonna put my hand on your stomach and I'm gonna caption it, it's a boy, exclamation point. And we're just like, ha ha ha, everybody knows I'm gay, it's a troll. Well, people people thought that this was my actual child. And so people were congratulating me for having a baby and what I realized, and I had to say over and over and over again on my Instagram stories that this is not my child, I am not having a baby with Ashley St. Clair and it kind of, you know, sometimes I don't realize Um, That people don't know I'm gay because the stuff, it just doesn't come up that much. I talk about so many other things before I talk about the gay stuff because it, it literally, it is relevant maybe once or twice a month, like something will happen, like the Superman gay thing. So I say all this to say that this is not something that I necessarily asked for as a gay man. I'm I'm like, oh, yeah, make Superman gay. That'll be amazing. This is not something that I asked for. It's not something that I wanted. Um, This is pandering. This is the, the, you know, woke people pandering to um, a base that is not in the least bit interested, you know, in comic books anyway. Like, gay, you know, there's not a lot of gay guys that are comic book fans. It's just not a thing um, in in gay culture. And furthermore, so I'm going to get a little bit deeper about this. So when you are black or when you're gay or when you're Latino or when you're Asian or you anything other than the norm. So the norm is, is you know, straight white people in, in America, right? Um, it's been the norm in culture. It's been the norm in entertainment, all of this stuff. So when you're outside of this norm, they put so much pressure on this idea That when you are outside of the norm, to see yourself represented in all aspects of the media is the be all end all. If only we could get more black people in entertainment, if only we can get more black people in media, if only we could get more gay people in comic books, if we could only get more gay movie stars, if we could only do that, then all of the problems that these communities have will just disappear. They will just poof, they will just disappear into thin air because I'm a gay black dude and I can see a gay black man on television, in a television show. And that is a very flawed hypothesis, and I'm going to tell you why. And this is sort of the train that the LGBT has been on for at least the past decade. They have been on this train of, you know, more gay movie stars, more gays in Netflix, you know, more gay, 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 gay everywhere. Because if we start seeing ourselves places, then it's going to put an end to all of the issues that we deal with. And it's a flawed hypothesis, and I'll tell you why. Black people, African Americans in this country, they have rode that train, too. And they have rode the train to, we have rode the train to being represented everywhere, like we are everywhere, like we're in we're cable news, we're in movies, some of the biggest stars in the world, you got um, Will Smith, you got, you know, Drake's the biggest rapper, you got Michael B. Jordan, you got all of this other stuff, you know, you've got news anchors, you've got the football players, you've got, you know, black CEOs, you've got all of these people that are black that are operating at very high levels, yet and still, the cultural issues that are going on in the African American community remain the same. The father the fatherlessness issue remains the same. Um, the fact that you know black people make less money than everybody else it remains the same. So this explosion of representation in media did not necessarily help lift the black community in general up out of out of anything. It has made some people very wealthy. Absolutely, it has made these entertainers very wealthy. It has made you know some of these CEOs very wealthy. It has made you know some people that work in media very wealthy. But the average African American is not lifted up out of anything because Will Smith makes twenty million dollars a movie or because Drake is the biggest rapper of all time. You see what I'm saying here? And how the LGBT falls for that trap is is they say the same thing. Now look, LGBT and and you know, I get I mean, I get crucified by the LGBT, because I'm the only one that, that says what's real. And what's real is that there are higher rates of suicide. What's real is that there are higher rates of drug use. What's real is that there is higher rates of illicit sex. What's real is that there are higher rates of STDs. These are just things that are documented realities. These are documented facts. And so there can be a gay Superman. And there can be, I can be a gay guy um, that is represented in media on cable news. And Don Lemon, that fool, he can be on CNN and he can be a gay black man on on CNN and all that stuff. Those things do not help uplift the community from any other thing, because here's the thing. When you have the conversation about representation and when you have all of those different conversations, you have to, for these communities to really thrive and for these communities to really get past the stuff that they are operating in right now, you have to take a look in the mirror and you have to be, really brutal with what is going on. And you have to say, this is what's going on. Why are we doing this? How do I fix this? We do not fix those problems because, you know, because Kanye West is worth $300 million, right? Or because Byron Allen just became, you know, or, or Tyler Perry becomes a black billionaire. That doesn't solve anything. And so that's why I think this whole thing with the gay Superman or the gay Superboy or son or whatever, that, whatever he is, it's a flawed hypothesis, and I think that people do not speak enough about this. I, I really think it is. Look, is Superman? You know, is super Superman being gay hurting me or anybody else? Someone's not hurting me. I don't believe in this idea of retconning characters. I don't think that you know a character in canon. You know, you just you give them a gay son or, or you make them black or something like that just to appease you know the 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 woke crowd of the moment. I just don't think it makes sense. What I wish that they would do, and what I'm actually thinking about doing, honestly, is I wish that we could just create something new. I wish that there could be an all-new gay superhero that has his own canon. And that is not based on something else. That is not based on retconning, you know, something that has a certain place you know, in in culture and in American history, I just think that it is super lazy. So no, I did not ask for a gay Superman. I do not need a gay Superman. And a gay Superman is not going to solve the issues and the problems that the LGBT community still faces. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. And to hear more of my episodes and get my weekly newsletter, please go to Gingrich360.com Rob. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Online. Special thanks to our producer John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers Debbie Myers and Speaker Newt Gingrich. Part of the Gingrich 360 Network.